Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in a weekend wager here on Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com, and the Odyssey app. I am your host, Mark Zeno. Welcome into the week 13 edition here on Weekend Wager. Appreciate you guys joining me as always. Hit me up on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M A R K Z I N N O. Use that hashtag, Weekend Wager 929. Anytime you guys want to hear about whatever games are coming up in the next week, I'll get to them here on the show. Appreciate you guys joining me. As always, a lot to get to here today. Some big-time matchups here that we'll discuss. Of course, the Falcons and Jets coming up. We'll preview that game coming up in the second segment. Our good buddy Brian Power of Wager Talk will join us here in the next segment as well. We'll do PTSD, Parlays, Teaser, Survivor, Decision, Best Bet for the show as we uh, remain well above 500 on Best Bets for the year and hope to get you guys another free winner this week. But as always, love to kick the show off this way because it's a lot of fun with our Power 5. All right, Uh, look, this is a very interesting week here in the NFL for a lot of different reasons, and uh, it's going to come to fruition here that, you know, uh, we're going to start to see the playoff picture starting to take a little bit of shape here going forward. Now, our first game in the Power Five is one of them that absolutely will do that as the 6-5 Denver Broncos travel to Houston to take on the 6-5 Texans. Houston laying a a 3.5 point spread here, total of 47.5. Guys, for my money, this game is an elimination game for the playoffs. The way I see it. The loser of this game will lose the head-to-head tiebreaker. I think one of these two teams is probably the seventh seed in the AFC. And the loser of this game is going to end up putting themselves in a major hole. Not only from a record standpoint, but just from the standpoint of getting to the postseason based off of head-to-head tiebreakers when it comes down to it. That said, you guys have heard me back the Texans a lot this year. With good reason. It's a really good football team. C.J. Stroud's going to be the rookie of the year. Um, he is a phenomenal quarterback. If you haven't watched him enough, he's a dude. He's just really, really good. Uh, and he's making this team better on all fronts. On the other side of the ball, guess what? Russell Wilson is having one of the quietest, best seasons in the NFL this year at quarterback. Top five in completion percentage, top five in passing touchdowns, top five in quarterback rating. Like, we're forgetting about how bad he was, and we're starting to realize that Russell Wilson's still playing some pretty good football. Some of that goes to Sean Payton. Here's the big picture in this game. I don't love laying points with the Houston Texans here. I bet them a lot as an underdog. I bet them as a short favorite. Three and a half feels like more than I want to to get on when it comes to Houston. Denver's won five in a row, and you could argue, look, Denver should have lost the Buffalo game, should have lost the Minnesota game, and sort of at the end, uh, the, the game against Cleveland got away from the Browns there in a position where they had a chance to, to go ahead and take a lead. I mean, 
this is not a Broncos team that's winning by margin against anybody. So the game is going to be close. Texans at home, are they going to lose back-to-back home games? If they do, it's a real tough spot. It's their third consecutive home game. So they're going to head out to a tough schedule the rest of the way. The Broncos have one of the more favorable schedules down the stretch. Um, But all that said, look, I I wish I could find an angle to play this. I don't want to bet against Houston at home. I don't want them to lay three and a half. If I could find a juice three, I might be willing to take the Texans, thinking that this likely would be a field goal game. Um, But I'm probably going to stay off the game altogether and just watch it. I think Denver's defense is good. It's not as good as it was last year, but this is still a Denver defense that that can make things happen, as we saw in a couple of games against Buffalo and Minnesota, even Kansas City to a certain extent. So we'll have no play on this one. If we get a juice three somewhere, maybe we'll do it by the half point and take a juice three, but not a game 100% that I can really, you know, get a good feeling on. I don't want to sound like I'm waffling on it. I just, it's a really, really tough game to handicap. Next game up on the slate, Detroit and New Orleans. Uh, Lions laying four points and a total of 46. I think this is a gross overreaction to what we saw last week. Lions had their biggest game on Thanksgiving in 40 years, most important game on their schedule to this point this year, and they laid an egg on a national TV audience on Thanksgiving. The Saints, we know, played the Falcons last week. They amassed over 444 yards of offense. And guess what? They couldn't find the end zone with a roadmap and a flashlight. It's a bad Saints team. Like... I'll say this much, and we'll talk more about the Falcons coming up next segment. But if the Falcons don't win the division and they give it back to this bad Saints team, that's more of an indictment on this team than anything else. This is not a team that's good enough to win a division. Their offense is terrible. I defended Derek Carr for years. Then he showed up in New Orleans, and now I can't defend him anymore because he's played awful. The whole thing's been terrible all around. So I think you're getting a buy-low spot on Detroit. This number is depressed because of what Detroit did last week, and they're going on the road. They have extra rest this week. Again, the Saints aren't any good. What's the one way to beat the Lions? Throw on them. What what can't the Saints do? Throw the damn football. This is a gift spread here, guys. Take the Lions. Take them big uh, to cover this number here. All right, coming up next, third game in the Power Five. Interesting game here on Sunday night. Kansas City and Green Bay from Lambeau Field. Packers are laying six, six and a half, total of 42. I'm sorry, Chiefs laying six, six and a half, total of 42. (sighs) Yeah, uh, I'm still not confident laying a touchdown with the Chiefs. I know they were laying nine points last week. I played against them. Uh, After one quarter of football, I looked like a genius because the Raiders are up 14-0, and then they just stopped playing football for the last 45 minutes. Chiefs went out and covered. Uh, Packers, again, get that big win on Thanksgiving. Extra rest the team here. Um... I think the under comes in here. That's probably the play that I'm going to make on this game. I think the Chiefs probably win this thing by a field goal. But I've seen at times this year where the Packers offense looks completely lost. Like they did at home against Minnesota. Like they did against Pittsburgh where they just couldn't get out of their own way. And this is a very good Kansas City defense. So I don't know that I could trust the Packers to show up here enough. Especially if they get behind. Like... Look at the way they played against Detroit and the Chargers the last two weeks. Played with the lead. Had room for mistakes. Took a lot of pressure off Jordan Love. You know, like, those are the things I think that ultimately will get the Packers to an outright win here. But I don't know that they're going to be able to play with a lead in this game. The Chiefs offense is nothing to get excited about, guys. It's pedestrian. It's the best way you could say it. 
I mean, the Minnesota Vikings this year, with Josh Dobbs in the last three games, have scored more points in the season than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Denver Broncos, who lost the game 70-20, to are only 10 points behind the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders have scored more points than the Chiefs this year. It's not a good offense. Don't be fooled by it. You can't lay this many points with Kansas City. So it's Green Bay or pass, but I do like the under in this spot between these two teams. Fourth game in the Power Five. And this is another line to me that's just absolutely head-scratching. Cleveland against the Rams. Uh, Rams laying now three and a half. This line was up at four and a half earlier in the week. And total is sitting there at 39 and a half. Look, I don't know what world we got into where the Los Angeles Rams are, are good enough to lay four and a half points to anybody other than Carolina. But apparently we're in that world, and I don't believe it's a world that actually exists. The Rams are not four and a half points better than anybody. They're just not. I mean, yeah, they blew out Arizona last week, but again, I think this is another overreaction line um, to a team with a really good defense. Hey, what did they do against Pittsburgh? Oh, they lost 24-17. What did they do against Dallas? They got blown out. I mean, the 20 points wasn't even fair because they scored a lot of them, you know, when the game was out of hand. What did they do against an above-average defense like the Packers? Only scored three points. What did they do against San Francisco? Got beat handily. What did they do against Philadelphia? Only scored 14 points. Like, there's no world where the Rams should be laying more than a field goal to anybody. Now, here's the rub. Because the Cleveland offense, we know, is bad. P.J. Walker is going to start, it looks like. Dory Thompson-Robinson in concussion protocol. Uh, Joe Flacco was signed by the Browns. There's a chance he may start. And if Flacco does start, all I know is this. Flacco will be good enough not to hurt the Browns. He won't be great, but it'll be good enough not to hurt him. And for me, that's enough to take. I got four and a half earlier in the week. Uh, even at three and a half, I'd still take the Browns here. This is the best defense in the NFL. You can't throw on the Browns. What can the Rams only do? Throw. So I think it's a bad matchup here. I, I, the Browns have proven they can win with subpar quarterback play. They're 7-4 and four in the year, so they've done it before. You get another by-low spot after the way they played in Denver last week. Um, again, we'll wait to see who the starter is. And, I, guys, when I made the bet earlier, we had no idea that Joe Flacco was going to be part of this whole thing. If Flacco ends up starting, I like my bet even better. I'd wait till Sunday if I was you guys to figure out who the starter is and then place this bet. But anything that's 3.5 or higher, I'm taking the Cleveland Browns and the points because I, I just don't see them as a team that I want to back. Um, or the, the, the Rams are a team that I want to back in any size, way, shape, or form. I just, it, it, they're not that good. They're not four and a half points better than anybody. I mean, their point differential in the year is minus 12. What does that tell you? They're not a good football team. So uh, they, they've had the, the benefit of winning some games against some subpar opponents. When you talk about uh, Indianapolis, Arizona twice, they caught Seattle in a bad spot. They won that game only 17-16. In fact, Seattle should have won it. It was the last second field goal that was missed that they get a win there. So this team is a farce. They're not that good. Um, and four of their five wins have come into the division. You know what the Browns are not? In their division. So get ready for uh, an upset here. I think the Browns have a good chance to win the game outright. I'd even take them on the money line. All right. Final game in the Power Five. It's the biggest one on the card this week. We go to Philadelphia. Niners and Eagles from Lincoln Financial Field. San Francisco, a three-point favorite on the road against a 10-1 team. Total of 47.5. What do I always tell you guys? 
what have I always said? Why would a team that's 8-3 and three be laying points to a team that's 10-1 and one when the 10-1 team is at home? Because the team laying three points is better. They're markedly better. And uh, I think they're going to go out there and prove it, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, the way I bet this earlier in the week, okay, when the line first popped up, is I took San Francisco on the money line. And I got it at minus 135. That number is gone. Uh, I don't think you're seeing that number anywhere uh, now. You're getting closer to 155, 160. So it's going to be very tough for you to find that number. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't play it. Uh, I think San Francisco's winning this game outright. The three is a very good number. Keeps the tie in your back pocket if you need it. But as far as the game is concerned, the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Odds makers agree with me. If you've followed me at all this season, you know that I haven't been high on Philly. They've played too many close games against inferior opponents for me to back them. I know when they stepped up in class against the Chiefs and the Bills, they beat them. But neither of those teams are as good as the Niner, in my opinion. San Francisco suffered through a three-game losing streak. Uh, but that was marred by turnovers and bad play by Brock Purdy. Since their bye week, they're 3-0, just one turnover while taking the ball away eight times and an average margin of victory of over 20 points per game. And that included two road wins against Jacksonville, a first-place team, and Seattle, one of the toughest places to play, both playoff teams from last year. Philadelphia is finishing up what's now going to be a four-game run, but a three-game run against Dallas, Kansas City, and Buffalo, and they won all three games by a combined 12 points. The Eagles' pass defense is still one of the worst in the league. They're fourth-worst, allowing nearly 260 yards passing. They're allowing opposing quarterbacks to post a 94.8 quarterback rating, and they've given up the second-most passing touchdowns in the NFL. The Niners are healthier. They're more rested for playing on Thanksgiving this week or last week. This is absolutely a spot here where I'm going to play on the Niners. If you get a two and a half out there, and there were some of them, some of them were out there. If you get Niners minus two and a half, I would still endorse laying the two and a half for San Francisco. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are as good as their ten and one record suggests. I've said that repeatedly, um, and I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder after last year's NFC Championship game to prove to everybody that they were the better team last year and they're the better team now. And had Brock Purdy not getting hurt, they might have won that game. Coming from a guy who bet on San Francisco in last year's NFC Championship game. So, make it that what you will. Still, uh, this is very much a San Francisco team. And, and interestingly enough, San Francisco and Philadelphia have both scored the same amount of points this year through 11 games. That's 310. Except the Eagles have given up 246. And the Niners have only given up 170. So, do what you want with that 76-point difference. To me, it's everything. San Francisco is going to win this game, and they're going to win it, I think, pretty handily. So, uh, that is the Power Five. All right. Whew. Man, that was a big game. I'm excited for it. Good week in the NFL here, folks. A uh, lot of other interesting games out there, and you're at that point here where everybody's starting to feel the pressure, right? Every team, you know, has to have wins. We know the Falcons have to get a win this week, but uh, we'll get to them coming up here in just a moment couple of other, you know, kind of playoff implication games um, that you're looking at. Cincinnati and Jacksonville will play on Monday night. Uh, Indianapolis is 6-5. and five. They're at Tennessee. That's an interesting spot. Uh, Arizona and Pittsburgh. Could Pittsburgh run out of gas here? Uh, Miami's in Washington on the road. So I, I, I know some of these games don't look appealing on the surface, but still, you know, we're at that point in the season where all these games matter and you're going to start to see things materialize uh, in a much different way than what you expect. Big boy football played 
in November and December. Right? As I said, we're going to get to the Falcons and Jets coming up. Um, interesting conversation I had with Arthur Smith this week. Um, I think the Falcons turned a corner after last week, at least offensively. We saw some things. We'll break that game down coming up. Brian Power of Ridge Talk will join us. Then again, we'll have PTSD coming up in the final segment of the show. Of course, a best bet uh, for this show as always. Again, it is Weekend Wager. I am your host, Mark Zeno. Appreciate you guys joining me. Back with the Falcons breakdown against the Jets. And the one thing I said to Arthur Smith, off the record, but I'll tell you it's on the record because he didn't have a response, so I can tell you it was off the record. We'll do that next. It's Weekend Wager here. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. I'm Mark Zeno, your host. As always, appreciate you guys joining me on Twitter, at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. You know, I don't know why I don't say X because I don't want to call it X, but you know the app. Yeah, that's where I am, at Mark Zeno. Same thing on Instagram if you guys care to see pictures of my kids and Whatever I'm eating that day. Uh, yeah, that's all Instagram is for is children and food. Anyway, at Mark Zeno there as well. Uh, give me a shout. Use the hashtag WeekendWager929 as always. Appreciate you guys uh, listening to the show and uh, following along. Again, Brian Power of Wager talking to join us coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, we'll get to Parlay's teaser, Survivor, and Decision Best Bet coming up for the show before the end of the show next segment. But right now, as always, time to break down the Atlanta Falcons, as they take on the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. Falcons right now laying three points here in a total of 35 and a half. Um, Arthur Smith was extra jovial in his press conference on Monday, as he should have been. Falcons had a good win last week against the Saints, and, you know, they're in position right now. Again, I think the Saints are losing this week, so with a win, I think they take over sole possession of first place, and everything becomes theirs, and in the driver's seat, and boy, how much the tenor changed uh, with a win for the Falcons over the Saints from where it was? I didn't hear anybody screaming he should be fired after this game. Uh, different conversation for a different day. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But <laughs> I looked at Arthur Smith this week after the press conference was over officially and we were just all chatting it up. I looked at him and said, don't lose to the Jets, man. Just don't do it. Like, come on. The Falcons can't lose this game. That said, do I want to lay three with them? is a whole different conversation because the Falcons have new playoff life and the Jets are now fighting to keep their playoff life on life support uh, with a 4-7 and seven record. And if you look at the standings in the AFC, if the playoffs were to start today, the Jets would only be above the last place team in the, in the AFC, and that's the New England Patriots. They're technically 15th out of 16 teams in the standings due to tiebreakers and everything else. So uh, they're in a deep world. We get the news that Aaron Rodgers is starting to practice again. Obviously, he's not going to play this week. It's fine. You're going to get Tim Boyle. Um, but does it give the Jets any life to want to go win a game and possibly give themselves a chance to maybe finish 8-7 and seven or hope to get lucky and, and uh, you know, go out and, and steal a playoff spot from somebody? Going to be really tough regardless, but we'll see. Here's the thing. Again, Jets are a mess. Tim Boyle only threw for 179 yards, two interceptions last week against Miami pass defense that allows opposing quarterbacks to complete nearly 69% of their passes. And I think the Jets' bad offense is actually starting to affect their defense. Gangrene has allowed more than 30 points in each of the last two weeks. So, yeah, when the bad offense can't actually move the ball and you know do anything, the defense is constantly in a bad spot. Now, fortunately for the Jets, the Falcons' offense isn't putting up any points either. Even though Atlanta averages on 350 yards a game, they're just 19.4 points per game. Desmond Ritter, we know, back in the starting role, but he only attempted 21 passes last week against New Orleans, and he still threw two picks, one of them in the red zone. Again, when you win a game, you tend to forget about those. 
But the Jets defense, I think, still could see some success against a young quarterback who struggled for a better part of this season. Atlanta looks like they're back to running the ball as the primary focus of their offense after last week. We heard Arthur Smith challenge the offensive line to play better. Did they? Yes, they did. Racked up over uh, 225 yards on the ground last week, and that's the Jets' biggest weakness on defense. That's stopping the run. Bottom three in the league at stopping the run, giving up 140 yards per game on the ground. I don't think Arthur Smith tries to complicate this. He's got a very full complement of three backs he trusts now at Bijan, Tyler Algier, and Cordero Patterson. It'll limit the mistakes Ritter can make if they keep the ball on the ground. It'll control the clock, the game flow, and everything else. And they don't have to throw against a really good secondary in the Jets and put their quarterback at risk to make mistakes. Fortunately, again, for the Falcons, the Jets' offense stinks. Tim Boyle's not an NFL starter. Falcons don't get a lot of sacks. They only have 22 on the season, which I know upsets some fans. But still, top seven in the NFL in hurry rate, pressure rate, quarterback knockdown rate, which means they are affecting the quarterback. And Tim Boyle will feel that. Uh, Falcons secondary, very good. I think A.J. Terrell lines up across from Garrett Wilson. Terrell this year allows just 57% of the passes thrown his way to be completed on 56 targets. It's a pretty good number. It's a really good number, actually. So uh, I don't expect a lot of offense here in this game. Neither do odds makers, uh, especially early on. Falcons' MO this year feels like it's been like one step forward, two steps back, but they absolutely need a win here. If it gets to three and a half, I could see a spot where I'd play on the Jets because – uh, only two of the Falcons' five wins are more by, by more than a field goal. One of those was against Carolina in week one. We know how bad Carolina is. I'm going to go back to the well here on the Falcons and playing this game first half under. I don't know if you're going to get better than 17. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think you'll get 17. 17 and a half would be a glorious number. I don't think you're going to see it. Uh, I'd have to double check here the, the lines here, but... Uh, if you get 17 out there, I'm willing to live with the push in the first half. A 10-7, 14-3, you know, hopefully it's 14-3 Falcons. But a 10-7 lead at the half for the Falcons wouldn't surprise me. Um, and that gets you a push. If you get anything less than that, well, you're a winner. But I think, you know, to get that, for lack of a better term, third touchdown in the first half or uh, a touchdown and a field goal from each team, two scores from each team in the first half against these two defenses doesn't seem very plausible. So that's the way I would play this game uh, as far as betting is concerned. You know, I mean, if you're a Falcons fan, you want to lay the minus 145, minus 150 on the money line, I could endorse that because I don't think the Falcons are going to lose. They're much better than the Jets and the Jets in their current form, but still it's a little bit risky to do that given what you're paying for that number. All right, let's get to our guest. Joining us now, as he does often here on Weekend Wager, from Wager Talk, it is Brian Power here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio, 929 The Game. BP, welcome as always, man. Great to talk to you. Zeno, it is great. It just keeps getting better each and every time I join you here on the program. Hoping uh, to sweep the board this week. Well, the audience loves you. They told me so, all three people who listen. So we certainly appreciate you being here. <laughs> oh, no. All no, right. No. Uh, your first game, three games in the best bet. First game, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Buccaneers laying five and a half, total of 36 and a half. How are you playing this one? Yeah, I'm just going to pretend you said three million. Yes, all right. Uh, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Okay, look, in soccer, we call it the new manager bounce, Zeno. Uh, here in the NFL, we'll just say that there's no way the Carolina Panthers can be any worse after firing Frank Wright, can they? they're a by-low team for me this week, getting points at Tampa Bay. Coming into the year, and I think you probably felt the same way, 
Um, you know, Tampa was a team that no one had really a lot of regard for. They had a very low win total, but I said I thought they would have some value as an underdog. I thought the market had moved too harshly against them, but they're not an underdog here, are they? They're a favorite. I want no part of Tampa Bay as a favorite, even against a team with the worst record in the league. Baker Mayfield's banged up. Um, he's not very good when he's 100% healthy. Uh, the, the reports are that he's going to play. He will be the starter. And for the Bucks, Kate, uh, hope that he better be because Kyle Trask is the backup. But regardless, Mark, Tampa's two and eight ATS their last 10 games as a fave of three and a half to nine and a half points. Going back to my earlier point, I know Carolina has been a disaster at the betting window themselves, but I think they should be motivated off this coaching change. This to me is if Carolina doesn't play a good game here and gets blown out, whoo boy, uh, don't know what else you can say. So if there's ever a time for the Carolina Panthers to show up, if there was ever a time for the listeners to put their hard-earned money on them, I think it's this week. I would back them uh, getting the five and a half against Tampa. All right. Uh, interesting. It's a, a gross play. Hold your nose and look away kind of play, but uh, certainly understand why you're on that side. Brian Power, Wager Talk, joining us here on Weekend Wager. Next game up, Houston and Denver, a game that I think will end up deciding a playoff spot in the AFC. Texans laying three and a half and a high total at 47 and a half. Where are we going in this one? Look, uh, I think it's time to sell high on the Broncos. Now, I thought that last week uh, when they were laying a number to the Browns, and the reason they won that game 29-12 to and covered as two-point favorites is because Cleveland, they were just dropping like flies, man. Uh, I mean, everybody was getting hurt. It was a close game when Dorian Thompson-Robinson was knocked out with a concussion. End of the day, though, you tip your cap to Denver, five straight wins overall. However, three of those have been by a combined five points and the turnover luck for Denver, Mark, has just been simply incredible. And it's something that can't be sustained. During this five-game win streak, plus 14 turnover margin. I mean, that's crazy. And what has C.J. Stroud done such a great job of all season? Majority of the season, I should say. He's had some hiccups like any rookie would. But he's protect- he's taking care of the football. He, he didn't, you know, he had that ridiculous interception streak uh, to start the year. And... I'm still a believer in the Texans. You talked about how this game could maybe end up deciding a wild card berth while it's all said and done. Well, I'm a believer in the Texans as a playoff team. And therefore, I don't see them losing back-to-back games at home. It was a tough one against Jacksonville last week. We saw the ball, you know, doink a few times there, cost them overtime. So uh, I'm going to lay it here with Houston. I know Houston's a team that most will say, well, I like them better as a dog. Uh, then as a favorite, my numbers suggest they should be a much larger favorite here over Denver, even if you don't want to penalize Denver that much for the early season woes and think they're a much different team now. I'm riding with Houston. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I look, I've backed Houston a lot, right? And I said this earlier in the show. I, I just, I don't know how comfortable I am with laying points to them. A lot of the success I've had with Houston this year has been the fact that they've been an underdog. Right, they're mm-hmm. surprising teams, and and it's tough when you get to that spot where you you want to end up laying points with them because it just you know it flips the script a little bit for you. So, you know, for me, it's one of those deals where I, I'm probably going to sit back and just enjoy the game and and watch it without any any betting interest into it, just because I can't really get there especially over a field goal. If I was under a field goal, I'd be in a much different category, I think. But the point simply being that it's hard for me to get there um, when it comes to laying. And, and 
you know, the other thing too, and you and I talked about this throughout the week, like it's hard for me to sit there and say, well, Denver's won five in a row. So, that, you know, the chances of them losing the next one are, are bigger. Like, you know how hard it is to get six game winning streaks in the NFL. That, that's a narrative thing. That's not reality, right? Because you could argue that the, the streak could have ended earlier, but they find a way to keep winning games as do the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like they find a way to keep winning games and, and, so that's not a, a narrative thing that I want to get behind where it's like, okay, hey, yeah, they're, they're probably going to lose this game here. So I don't I, think that's the case. But all that said, BP, uh, I don't disagree that Houston sort of is the right side, especially from a money line standpoint, but hard for me to lay the three and a half here. Yeah. And well, here's something just a little tease, a little uh, for forever to stay tuned for. I mean, if you don't want to lay it with Houston. I've got a creative thing you could do with the game. We're going to come up next. You talked about one of those teams involved, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, there, There is a creative way to kind of uh, uh, combine two of the plays I'm giving out here on the show together. Okay. Well, there, there is one way to do that. All right. Uh, let's go to your final game again. Brian Power mm-hmm. of Wager Talk joining us here on Weekend Wager, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. Uh, and it is the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, who I'm kind of nauseated by at this point in time. Um, I don't think they're very good, but, you know, I've said this over and over again. I think they're frauds. I shouldn't say frauds. Frauds is aggressive. I just don't think they're as good as their 10-1 agree, record. Yeah. Their 10-1 record is probably a little bit, you know, uh, inflated due to some luck. And it tells you all you need to know that odds makers think the same thing, that they made San Francisco a road favorite here against a 10-1 team. So how are you playing it? Okay, first of all, I just want, you know, you talk, you mentioned the word narrative earlier. I, I want to go on the record and say something. You know, I, I've seen this and read this over the last week or so, people comparing the Eagles to last year's Vikings. I actually don't think that's fair. I, I think the Eagles are a very good team that at minimum should make the second weekend of the playoffs. But, you know, they're not the best team, as, as this line suggests. San Francisco's the best team. I, I think if you want to compare a team to last year's Vikings, it would be uh, another team from the state of Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, the, the Vikings were like a bottom six team or bottom five team in DVOA last year. Uh, you know, the Steelers would have been outgained in every game prior to last week. I think they're a, a, you know, a more appropriate comp to last year's Vikings. But I digress. Let's go to the Eagles and Niners, Mark. You talked about how the Eagles have, have made you a little queasy the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just talk about what they've done here. Four straight weeks they've trailed by double digits, yet they're 4-0 straight up. And here's a stat for you. Please, everybody, uh, remain seated, and I, I swear I'm not making this up. While the Eagles are 4-0 the last four weeks, despite trailing by double digits in every game, every other NFL team since the start of last season, when trailing by double digits, has combined to go 72-308-2. and two. Yes, two ties. Uh, that is a win percentage of 182. So uh, it, I mentioned Denver and its turnover luck earlier, how I don't feel that's sustainable. Well, I just don't feel this entire package here with the Eagles is sustainable, which brings us to the 49ers, who I believe are the best team in football. And this is a horrible, horrible matchup for the Eagles for a variety of reasons. One, They've just been through a gauntlet, okay? Four straight weeks rallying from a double-digit deficit. We've beaten that in the ground. Well, what have they done also during that time? They avenged their Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs. They went deep into overtime against Buffalo last week in like a monsoon. And they've got a huge game on deck against the Cowboys, which could decide the NFC East. Meanwhile, San Francisco has had a few extra days to prepare. Remember, they played Thanksgiving night, destroyed the Seahawks. 
And they've had this game circled ever since losing to the Eagles in last year's NFC Championship. If you recall, mm-hmm. they were down to literally no quarterbacks. Christian McCaffrey was taking snaps because everyone else was hurt. I would lay it here with the Niners. And to go back to what I said earlier, if maybe you're uncomfortable laying three, three and a half with the Texans and you don't want to lay three with the Niners here, why don't we just money line parlay it? That should be a better path. I, I really like the Texans to win straight up this week. I really like this Niners team to win straight up. Another way you can get creative with San Francisco if team to- totals are an option for you. Over 24 and a half points. I certainly think they're going to score here on this Eagles defense. But uh, 49ers is certainly the way I would look in this big Week 12 showdown. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one final question about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Arizona Cardinals. Would the Pittsburgh oh, no. Steelers be a good money line option for you in a parlay? No, I would never. Uh, while while this is probably the most winnable game, I think that speaks volumes. Just what yeah. I think about the Steelers yes. that in what is certainly on paper their most winnable game. Although they play the Patriots next Thursday, so they got two easy one. The gifts just keep on coming for Kenny Pickett and company. Uh, I think Arizona is going to score more points in that game than people think that's what I'll say about the Steelers and the Cardinals this week I actually think Kyler Murray may put up more points than people expect on a Steelers defense that has played uh Dorian Thompson Robinson and Jake Browning the last two weeks uh much like the Hatfields and the McCoys the uh the Capulets and the Montagues uh Brian Power and the Pittsburgh Steelers will forever be at odds yeah. uh as long as there is is a fight in the world to be had it will be had by you and and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, I, I appreciate your dedication. I'll fighting the good fight. <laughs> I appreciate your dedication. Uh, real quick, uh, one more for you. Falcons and, and Jets, just, just curious uh, on your thoughts on this game. This is, you know, I know people don't want to hear this, but it, this is probably the easiest stay away game for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm I mean, I told why. them, look, first half under to me is the way I would go, right? Okay, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I, I would not expect a lot of points. Now, everyone knows that Ritter... Okay, here's another narrative for you. I know you don't like these, but Ritter, the numbers bear out that he's not as good on the road as he is at home. He, the thing is, you cannot back the New York Jets with Tim Boyle. I mean, I didn't want to back him with Zach Wilson, and Tim Boyle might be worse, which, I mean, if you're worse than Zach Wilson, that that's just uh, not very good. So the Jets are off the table. I wouldn't even want to tease the Jets, even though they're in that Wong teaser range. Atlanta... It's tough. You don't want to rush too much to buy into them. It was a great win they had last week against New Orleans, and the upcoming schedule is very favorable. You and I both liked them to win this division prior to the start of the season. That is very much in play. They're they're just not a team that I really want to back on the road right now, even against a team as horrendous as the Jets. All right. Well, good. It's always great to hear from you. Uh, I feel the same way, by the way, about the game. I would probably stay away. But we appreciate mm-hmm. the time. As always, follow him on Twitter at Brian Power underscore wins on Instagram at Brian Power WT. Make sure you get all of his picks uh, at wt.buzz slash BP. Brian Power of Wager Talk. Appreciate the time as always, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Talk to you soon. All right, we'll wrap things up next year. PTSD parlays, teaser, survivor, decision, best bet coming up right here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Weekend Wagers, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com, and the Odyssey app. Final segment of the Week 13 edition of Weekend Wager here. Time for PTSD, parlays, teasers, survivor decision, our best bet of the show. 
And uh, look, Survivor's going to be a little bit difficult this week just because uh, we'll have to go through you know, what you still have. And if you're still alive, congratulations. If you've made it this far in a Survivor pool, you made it 13 weeks. That's impressive. Uh, feel feel good about it. I know you want to win the money. I know you want to win the pool. Uh, but, you know, it's really, really tough to make it this far given the variance in the NFL. But before we get to Survivor, let's get to some parlays here. And I will tell you, I think there's one right off the bat that I want to play. Uh, reminder, again, if you're just joining us, if it's your first week here on Weekend Wager, Parlays, uh, all you want to do for Moneyline Parlays, pick two winners, don't have to worry about the point spread. You take two winners that are of a higher price, put them together to get a better number. And this is the one I think that is probably most favorable. You know my thoughts on the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about it in the Power Five. They're minus 152, 155 in that range. And then we talked about, too, about the Houston Texans, who are minus 180. Take the Niners to win and the Texans to win. Niners are at 155, Houston, Texas, 180. You get plus 157. So you put a dollar down, you win a dollar 57 cents. That's the best payout I think you're going to get this week when it comes to money line parlays. Um, there are other ones out there, are other games out there I think that are probably, you know, they're a little more secure. There's a little less, um, you know, variance in them. I, I think those two are the best, but. That's probably an, uh, you know the, one, the easiest option. I, I think you could absolutely take Pittsburgh and Detroit um, if you want to take the Lions because I think they're going to win in New Orleans. Minus 200, Pittsburgh, minus 255, you get plus 108. Dollar down, win a dollar and eight cents. Uh, I think those are good numbers right there that you're going to get. Uh, if you don't want to take you know uh, a team like the Lions against the Saints, which is a tough place to play. I mean, even if you want to put the Falcons in at minus 146, and you pair them with the Niners, you're getting plus 179. Take the Falcons and pair them with the Texans, you're getting plus 162. So, you know, I think there are really good options out there. I, I think you could look at the Falcons very easily as a good money line spot. I don't believe in the Rams, but if you do and you wanted to take them minus 178 and put them with San Francisco, you're getting that same around as you are with the Houston Texans, plus 158. Maybe uh, get a little bit more risky. Take the Falcons minus 146. You get plus 163. There are numbers there. Those are the only ones I really think that you can look at and go, yeah, um, those are your money line parlay options. Really are. All right, on to teasers. Again, teasers move the line six points in either direction. Put two of them together, six points, and you try to find a winner. Jacksonville is going to be your number one teaser option of the week. It's your traditional Wong teaser, as they call it in the business. I don't know who the Wong is, but regardless, moving it through two key numbers, down from eight and a half down to two and a half, you get through seven, you get through three. That's probably going to be one of your best options this week. Do you want to take Kansas City from six down to pick them? Um, yeah, I don't think that's terrible. I think Kansas City is going to win that game. I don't know if they're going to win it by more than a touchdown. So that's an option. Uh, I could, look, I could endorse... I wouldn't do it just because I'm on the other side with San Francisco. But if you wanted to take the Eagles at two and a half to eight and a half, get them through two numbers. But again, I could see the Niners winning this game by double digits. That's just me. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily like this spot. Uh, Tennessee's another one I don't love against Indianapolis. Um, Tennessee going from one and a half to seven and a half kind of feels a little bit iffy for me. Um, yeah, it's just a spot I'm not in love with. Uh, I The Chargers, I guess, at New England, they're only five and a half. If it gets to six, 
take him down to a pick I think that works. Um, would you want to take Pittsburgh from five and a half down to, you know, plus a half? You're not supposed to tease through zero. Some people say it's what pros say. Don't do it. Um, but I think Pittsburgh's pretty good to win, you know. Uh, and even, look, for me, if you see a three, even with the Jets per se, like to take them to nine, get them off three, get them through seven, do the Falcons win a lot of games by margin? No, they don't. Um, and the Jets defense may be good enough to keep this thing close. Uh, I could possibly endorse if it goes down to three, taking Denver from three to nine. I think that's not a bad look either. Um, there's, there's some options out there, guys. There really is when it comes to it. I would not tease Tampa Bay if it gets to six. I think Carolina can actually win that game, um, given the fact that they fired their coach. The, the, the new coach bump is a real thing. In fact, Arthur Smith even mentioned it this week when we were talking afterwards that, you know, hey, Carolina gets a new coach bump, beats Tampa Bay, knocks them down one rung. You know, that's that's one less important game that the Falcons may, you know, may have to face a tough opponent on. They, Tampa Bay could be out of it by the time those two teams see each other again. I mean, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I don't like that spot. They're two bad teams. It's, you know, variance doesn't feel good. And that's, by the way, that's the other thing about teasing Philadelphia up that's scary with a high total at 47. You want to try to find lower totals. Like, for me, Cleveland, I think, is a great teaser option. If it continues to go down to three with a total of 39, Cleveland's not losing by 10 points to Los Angeles because I don't think Los Angeles even win the game. But that's just me. So, again, the Jets would be a good one. That total's at 34. Um, Pittsburgh's total's at 41. Even the Chargers' total's only at 40. But ideally, you want those numbers to get down to, to, to where you're not teasing through zero, where you're getting the full six points of value from six down to a pick them, right? Because But plus half does you nothing. If if the the opponent wins by a point, you still lose. So you're giving up a half point of value, and you don't want to do that. The, the whole idea of teasing is to get all six points of value in your favor to clear at least two key numbers. So that's the general ideology to, to teasing. And, uh, you know, um, people can do it a bunch of different ways. You do what you want with your own money. That's what I always tell people. That's, you know, if you believe in the bet, go ahead and do it. There's no 100% solution to any of this anymore because that's just not the way sports gambling is. So uh, did probably tease his next survivor. Uh, again, I would tell you Tampa Bay is what people are going to gravitate towards because Carolina is the worst team in the league. However, comma, that's a tough spot. I, I just, I don't like the game. I, I, Tampa Bay could easily win it. I don't like the game. I really, really don't. Um, a lot of teams that you probably don't look, if you still have the Steelers left, that's probably the best way to go. If you still have the Steelers left. If you still have the Chargers left, I think that's a good way to go. Even though they're on the road, even though they're in New England. Remember what I told you guys, that, like the, the Bill Belichick bump thing is not a real thing. It's just not. So uh, I doubt you have Kansas City left. I doubt you have Jacksonville left at this point, right? Um, you know, obviously San Fran, Philly, Philly gone for most teams. If you have Miami, God, good for you. Just take them. That's fine. Are the Falcons a good teaser, uh, uh, survivor option? Yeah, I think so. But you're going up against a Jets defense that's pretty darn good. And so, from that standpoint, yeah, I think that uh, that's the one where I, I don't I don't want to uh, to get involved against a good defense like that with a low total game, which means there's going to be less scoring, so everything's going to be tighter. But if you have Pittsburgh laying around or Los Angeles, that's probably the direction I would look. I would not want to play against a new coach bump. 
It could go wrong, and Carolina could be equally as awful as they were last week, but Tampa Bay is not a good enough team for me to trust. I mean, at least the Steelers are a winning team. At least the Chargers have a really good quarterback. You know, at least those are things you can hang your hat on uh, as opposed to Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield, who I just don't love, period. All right, it's that time of the show, the moment of truth. Time for our decision, our best bet of the show. And we talked about it in the Power Five, and I'm going to go to it here again one more time. The Detroit Lions laying four in New Orleans, a great bounce-back spot for them. I think Dan Campbell has the team extra focused this week. They're extra rested. They have a constant reminder that, hey, we shouldn't be reading our own press clippings. We shouldn't be patting ourselves on the back. We're not as good as that yet. Even though you're one of the better teams in the NFC, you're not that good yet. But this is also a fate of the Saints, who are flat-out horrible. The one way to beat the Lions is to throw the ball. The Saints can't do that well. Um, The Lions have too many weapons. This is not a Saints team that I fear in this game, and I don't even fear the four as a number. You know, if you, if you if you have a four and a half, I'm like, Ugh, because now you got to get to six because games rarely ever land on five. But, you know, 21-7, or I shouldn't say 24-20, to 20, you know, kind of if the Saints can score 20, which they probably can't. But it keeps a tie in your back pocket. So look for a four out there. Lions minus four, best bet for the show. See if we can get ourselves another winner. Appreciate you guys joining me as always. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And make sure you guys download the Odyssey app so you can listen to this show anytime, anyplace, anywhere. It is Weekend Wager. Use the hashtag Weekend Wager wherever you guys tag me in it. Thanks for listening. Best of luck with all your bets here in Week 13 in the NFL. Back next week for more. It's Weekend Wager, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.